Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Erica Holshue, the assistant director of the German American Heritage Center, about their monthly Kinogarten film series. Hello, Erica. Hi, Carolyn. Thank you so much for having me on. You've partnered with Rostox and Rock Island to bring us this German cinema series. There will be six films in all. How does the program work exactly? So the idea of the program is to uh, create a space for folks to come together um, and enjoy German culture, um, German heritage, and really important um, and interesting films uh, throughout all of German uh, film history. Now, this is a free series, we should note, and it's outdoors at a really spectacular space. Yes, it's at Ross Talks, which is just such a cool space. Um, I'm not a QC native, and the first time I had ever been to Ross Talks was actually for our very first kindergarten, and I was just blown away. I'd heard lots of great things about Ross Talks, but it's a really uh, welcoming and artistic and just creative atmosphere. Um, and it's all outdoors, so it's socially distanced and safe for everyone. Um, and it's just a great place to get together and watch some films um, and also eat some amazing food that Ross Talks um, has has hidden up their sleeves. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have a really curious menu that's very Asian-inspired. Yes, they actually, um, and I, I don't want to misspeak for them, but they have like a, a sister um campus in, I think, Guangzhou in China. So there's definitely some cultural overlap there, which is right up our alley for the German American Heritage Center. We're all about bringing different cultures together and, and exploring our cultural heritage and identities and what makes us all, you know, united and different and all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. And they'll be held on the first Friday of each month through September, it sounds like. Yes, the first Friday um, through September. Um, we had our first one actually on April 2nd. It was The Educators, with Han, uh, directed by Hans Weingartner. Um, it's an early 2000s film that's all about political activism. Well, your next upcoming event is on May 7th, when you'll be showing the German film The Ten Drum. What is this movie about? So this is a really interesting film. It's a very iconic film. Um, if any, if you're like familiar with German film, um, it's a, it's from the late seventies and it's based on a book by Gunther Grass, uh, that was produced in like, I want to say the late fifties. Um, and it's about this little boy named Oscar and he, um, is growing up in the thirties and he decides that he doesn't want to grow up anymore because he is seeing kind of the world around him unravel. And so as he is, you know, in theory growing up, um, and leading his childhood, you see the world around him start to succumb to, um, national socialism and, you know, all the kind of, uh, 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 dastardly deeds that uh, kind of ensue with uh, the rise of Nazism and um, and his decision to, instead of uh, cooperate, his protest is to remain a child. Um, so it's a really unique film. Um, there is a lot of screaming. He can, the Oscar, our main character, uh, can scream and break glass. So those who want to join, just beware that there will be some high pitched screaming um, and obviously lots of drum playing. Um, so it's a really interesting film, a very important film, I think, when um, kind of discussing how, you know, how to uh, 
resolve uh, the issues of um, World War II in Germany and mm-hmm. how to kind of move forward. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that yet. I'm hoping to attend on May 7th that the 10 drum did win the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film in 1980. So it sounds very influential. How did you select the films? So I have a little bit of a background in uh, German film, as in I took one German film class that was required as a part of my undergraduate German degree. So I had some familiarity, not just in that, oh, I like German film, but also like from an academic standpoint. Um, And so I wanted to make sure that the films that I chose kind of represented a wider array of uh, different types of German films. Um, and so I started doing some research um, of, you know, films that I had seen, films that I hadn't seen. I actually haven't seen all of the films on the list, um, but they are films that are just very integral to the the German story of uh, German film. And I just thought, you know, what a good, ex- what better excuse to, you know, get to watch a movie that you've never seen. That's, you know, so important and so awesome that, you know, has won awards and, um, you know, it's just such a great output of German creativity than uh, the, the film garden. Well, Kino garden, tell us the origin of that. Um, of that German term. How would you translate that to English? Yeah, so the Kinogarten, um, it's not a true German term. It's kind of a, a combo term that um, that Benjamin from Ross Talks actually pitched to me, and I was just like, this is amazing. So Kino in German means cinema or film. So if you're going to the Kino, you're going to go watch a, a movie at, at, the, at the theater. And then a Garten is, as it sounds, it's a garden. So much like kindergarten, it's the garden of children. Um, it's, a, it's a space for people, you know, to come together. Uh, it can be outside, obviously. It's a garden. Um, but it's just a space for people to join together, enjoy film. Um, and, you know, German words are always compound words. Uh, so just Kinogarten, the film and the garden, just really, for me, encompassed what I wanted this to be, which is just a space for people to come together, enjoy culture. Um, and I think that's kind of... Um, why I was so interested in having um, the, the film nights was because uh, like film is just such this, you know, it's, it's pop culture and in, in its art form. Um, but it, it's just something that everybody seems to enjoy. Um, and I just thought that that was just a great way to bring people together. Um, and, and to, especially right now with COVID. Um, you know, we've been cooped up for so long. We haven't been able to uh, see each other, um, be in each other's presence and being able just to get together and watch a movie. It's just, a, it's a great thing to have. Out of the remaining films you'll be showing, is there another one in particular that resonates with you? There are so many on this list that are just so amazing. Um, but one that I think that resonates with me and will resonate with others um, is our movie uh, on the first Friday of June, uh, Free Fall, called Freie Fall auf Deutsch. Um, it's a newer film. It's from 2013. Um, and it's just a very, very interesting um, LGBTQ plus narrative. Um, and, you know, throughout a lot of German film history, they haven't really been afraid to kind of push the boundaries in terms of of narrative, um, you know, like Fritz Lang's M is about like a, a child murderer. So they're not really afraid to kind of touch upon topics that are maybe a little bit taboo. Um, I don't think, you know, LGBTQ topics in this 
today are uh, particularly taboo, but they're definitely something that has been neglected. Um, and I think you know, using free fall, especially during Pride Month in June, is just re a really great way to kind of um, to uh, highlight um, not only the LGBTQ community in America and in Germany, but to also kind of hit on these points about German film's history in terms of it being very complicated and complex um, and kind of not afraid to push the envelope. Um, Free Fall is a really beautiful story about um, two men who fall in love, but one of whom is um, is a police officer, and he's happily married to a, a woman, and they're expecting a baby. So obviously, there's a lot of conflict here between you know being a police officer and that kind of hyper masculinity that um, is associated with it, and then you know you're starting a family, you're doing what's expected of you but you're falling in love with a man. How do you reconcile that? How do you move forward? So that's, that sounds like a, a fascinating film. Are there other differences that you're aware of between the German versus the American approach to cinema? And, you know, I'm asking that realizing it's a little problematic to generalize because American films certainly vary immensely in content, but historically are, are distinctions made? Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest distinction between German and American film really comes in the early days of film. Um, you know, while America was kind of setting up, you know, the Hollywood concept of like these big movie production sets and, um, you know, everything we kind of associate with Hollywood, with directors and producers and all of this kind of thing to, you know, market films, um, be pushing them out on a cycle. Um, I think the Germans were a bit more careful in treating it as an art form. Um, not to say that Americans didn't do it. We shouldn't obviously generalize, like you said, but, um, during the early days of film in Germany, there was a lot of socio-political turmoil going on. So there was a transition from the German Empire to the Weimar Republic, and then later, of course, as we know, um, to the reign of the Nazis. Um, and so with this, there's lots of tension. So you're having different, obviously, uh, governments ruling, and with that comes different sets of rules. And when you have that so closely back to back to back, um, you know, it, there's a lot of sociopolitical um, uh, and sociocultural uh, turmoil that happens, which really feeds into um, the German creativity with film. Um, and it almost seems like correlated that without that, perhaps they wouldn't have been so, um, you know, willing to push the boundary in terms of, you know, playing with sound and playing with different shots and being treating it more of an artistic process than maybe a, uh, a, a capitalistic process that we've kind of associated with American film. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly why it's important to watch foreign made films and read foreign authors. And, and uh, you know, their, their art forms are different because they often see the world a little differently and find varied ways of expression. Absolutely. Um, I think that's, that's really my goal here um, as assistant director is to kind of enable people to look at the world through a different lens. And by channeling another culture through whatever facet that may be, like film or fashion or or art or, you know, whatever, um, 
I think that's just so important in changing the way we look at the world because it's so easy to get wrapped up into like one vision um, and and to have that to kind of open your mind mm-hmm. um, is just so, so important, especially mm-hmm. when you can't travel right now. Mm-hmm. How did your collaboration with Rostox come about? Um, so our, it's a little bit of an interesting story in that um, I had heard from my boss that we had done uh, previous collaborations uh, in film nights. And I just really thought that, you know, having some sort of film night was just, you know, it's just something I really wanted to accomplish since I've, I've only been here since January. Um, and so I just kind of blindly reached out to Benjamin and said, Hey, here's, here's my dream is that, you know, I'm new here. I don't know anybody. I know I don't know you, but I know we've had a relationship before. And are you interested in filming some weird German films? Um, and luckily he was so gung ho about it. Um, and so I, I'm just so grateful that this has worked out because it's, it's really just a, a dream come true in terms of uh, partnership because Rostox is just amazing. Um, and in terms of kind of getting to do this, this project um, so, so quickly in my tenure here. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned you're relatively new to the Quad Cities. Where are you from originally? And when did you become associated with the German American Heritage Center? So I moved to the Quad Cities in the middle of January, um, and I moved here to start my position with the German American Heritage Center. Um, I hesitate to say I'm really from anywhere because I'm a military brat, um, but where I last came from was Colorado by way of Rhode Island. Um, I was finishing up my uh, master's at the University of Rhode Island. Um, I, I'm a specialist in um, fashion history and textile conservation. And then COVID hit and I was like, oh, I have no place to go. So time to move in with my parents in Colorado. Um, and it just so happened that, you know, after graduation, I was, you know, going through all the job sites and I, I found a posting for um, the position I have now as assistant director. And it just like clicked all the boxes. It was, you know, I, cause I have an undergraduate degree in uh, German language and in linguistics, um, you know, being able to do merge that and to, you know, continue to study um, uh, museum studies um, because my history of fashion and textile conservation thing is all about working with fashion in the museum industry. Um, and so being able to merge both of those two into this position was just like amazing. And I'm just so thrilled that I got the position and um, it was a little coming out here was definitely, I came out here blind, but um, I've just been so thrilled and really found a little home out here. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. We're thrilled you're here as well. And, you know, that that combination of that those really unique uh, degrees, both in German and ling- linguistics from your undergraduate and then your master's in textiles and design combine perfectly for, especially with this latest exhibit that you just opened at the German American Heritage Center, just opened uh, in in early April. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, so our newest exhibition is called Who, What, Where? German Costume and Culture. Um, and we kind of came up with that idea a little bit last minute. Um, when I came on board, um, we had not had any new exhibitions as a result of COVID. Um, and so I kind of had to kind of dig into my brain and think, okay, 
what is something that I know that I can help create an exhibition on a very short timeline? Because um, most exhibitions, um, if you're not familiar with the museum world, they take at least two years to prepare. And with COVID, uh, we just had nothing. And we wanted to be able to have something new so that when uh, the world started to open, folks would have a place to go, something new to see, something to engage with. Um, and so I just kind of went to my roots in terms of um, my background uh, in, in fashion museology. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't really think of anything better to uh, learn more about people and uh, learn about culture than fashion. Um, film maybe is up there as well, but um, but fashion just speaks so much about a person. So the focus of this exhibition is really um, diving into German ethnic dress in terms of, you know, the traditional dirndl and the later hosen and digesting the history uh, of, you know, how it came to be um, because it's not something that naturally evolved. It's, it, it's very much uh, propaganda, political propaganda, and it's political propaganda that was eventually used by the Nazis. Um, and now today it's still used, but there's a little bit of a bitter taste. Um, and we have a new generation of Germans trying to figure out how can they reconcile that the, the, that history um, with their cultural identity in, in this dress. Um, and so that's kind of where the exhibition leaves you off is kind of ruminating on what does the future for German ethnic dress look like? Well, dress really is the outward expression of ourselves. And it, you know, we may have different internal beliefs, but you're right. What you're wearing um, changes how people perceive you. And certainly costume and dress can be used for political purposes. I hadn't thought about that as much before. Absolutely. And what I think is really interesting about the German ethnic dress that has almost some ties to political movements today or even just sociocultural trends happening is um, that Germany was really trying to become one united nation in, in the 1800s. And it was just a kind of a cluster of little German states. Um, and to compete with its neighbors, especially the French, who were so well established in the fashion industry, the Germans really realized that um, you know, dress is just such a big part of our personal identity that they could use that to create a national identity through dress. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how we really get the, the modern concept of the Germans wearing dirndls and later hosen and the, the kind of ethnic dress that we associate um, with Germans, you know, at the beer gardens and all that kind of stuff. But it's really made up. Um, and it's very much based on this concept that the ideal German life is the life of the pastoral. So it's based on the dress of peasants. Um, and I think there are lots of different little parallels to, to today and that, you know, um, streetwear is something that it goes very mainstream. We see that jumping from, you know, what people are wearing on the streets to it being worn on the runway. Um, there's also a movement right now uh, that's kind of sprung out of the pandemic called Cottagecore, um, which is a purely, it's very interesting in that it's completely digital. It's not like a tangible movement there, you know, there's not like a, a real community coming together. They're all on the internet, um, but their focus is entirely of the pastoral and, and 
in this concept that, you know, life would be so much better if we were all, you know, on a farm with our sheep and, you know, just living this simple, beautiful life. Um, and so these are the ideas that German ethnic dress springs out of, but these ideas don't really die off. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds very thought provoking. And, and that exhibit will be up through the end of August. Yes, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Well, Erica Holshu, thank you so much for talking today and for bringing us your film series. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure to chat with you today. The Kino Garten film series featuring six German films will be held on the first Friday of the month in the outdoor garden space at Ross Talks through September. Don't miss the next film, The Tin Drum, on Friday, May 7th. These events are all free of charge thanks to a collaboration between the German American Heritage Center and Ross Talks. The full schedule can be viewed at gahc.org. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal. 